0: Welcome to Towards the Mark uh, with your host, Robert White. That's me. Um, Last week, we got into the very first week of a Romans study. We did chapters 1 and 2. The reason I chose to do a a Romans study was for two reasons. One, because I'm currently doing a Romans study in my personal life. Um, And I'm not a, a theologian. I'm not a biblical scholar. So sometimes I have a hard time understanding um, and really what I do is I break it down verse by verse and I go through and I'll read uh, Commentaries in each individual verse when I have a hard time understanding it and so I did this simply because One I thought the Lord was telling me that if I did it this way It would make it easier for me to understand um, It would help me kind of retain the knowledge a little bit more for my own personal study and two um, because the Lord was telling me that maybe there's someone out there that's having the same struggle that I have, that's doing a personal study on Romans themselves um, and need that breakdown that maybe I've done a little bit of research on um, that I can help break down. Or maybe they need a different point of view. Um, and maybe I just point out something or I see something in a different light, different than someone else sees it. Um, and I'm able to trigger something for someone where they go, man, I never thought of it that way. Um, and so the Lord led me to do, um, this Roman study and so that's why I chose to do it Um, this week this week wasn't wasn't an easy one for me Um, I slipped up once this week and I uh, I swore at someone and uh, swearing is something I really take to heart when I do Um, obviously I'm not perfect and so um, being in environments where swearing is is, um, insanely prevalent um, it's only natural that every so often one of them would happen to find its way into my vocabulary. Um, but man, the second it came out, I was like, oh man, why did you do that? Why did you say that? And, uh, you know, I've said it on here before that m- my biggest problems are my arrogance and my ego. Um, those two things are areas in which I fail tremendously as a Christian. And so I pray constantly that the Lord will bite my tongue um, and will hold it in certain situations. Um, to, to guard me from my own arrogance and ego, um, while I learn how to control it through through scripture and through prayer. And um, but my big issue this week was just because I'm I wasn't in in, in the best place, um, the best headspace this week, just because of a few uh, personal issues that are going on in my life. Um, you know that I, I honestly didn't pray that much this week. I didn't study that much this week. I really didn't reach out to God as much, and and I slipped up because of it. Um, I wasn't guarded. Um, and and I and it, and it showed, you know last week, man, I prayed without ceasing and I studied constantly and and there was a burden there, you know the burden was on my heart to do what the Lord had asked me to do and do the things that that I knew were right. but this week I wasn't doing them and so that burden wasn't there and so I wasn't as guarded but um, we're good now and we're back on track and we're studying again. we're starting to to pray again and um, my thought is if King David, and guys like him throughout the scripture can have a weak moment so can i um that that i'm just as susceptible to it as they are but this week we're going to go into romans chapter three um and i want to say before before we get into this that listen i'm human i am by no means a biblical scholar i am by no means um a theologian um and even those guys make mistakes and so listen if i make a mistake during this and maybe i i'm way off track with a thought process of mine or with an interpretation of a scripture um, reach out to me Um, there's two ways to reach out to us there's a there's the email below um, which is toward the mark three at gmail.com man email me shoot me an email and just say hey you were off track with this and I wanted to bring it to your attention because I I don't want you to be off track I don't want you to say things that are misleading and then I'll come back on here man and I'll do a retraction and, and I'll fix it if I feel like it needs fixed if the Lord's leading me in that direction and also, man, shoot over to our Instagram at toward underscore the underscore mark three um, fourteen. Give us a, a follow, um, like our post, interact with us on there, and that's also another way to reach out to us and get contact with us. Because um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, even if even if you don't have anything to say specifically about this Roman study, maybe there are things you want to hear about on the podcast. Um, And I would love to get those things on here for you. So yeah, just reach out to us, man. All those links will be in the bio um, to make it a little bit easier for you to find. Um, So please reach out to us. Uh, Let's start this, though. Romans chapter 3, I'll be reading from the King James Version. Uh, Romans chapter 3 starts out with, What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. I love this, because when Paul talks... um, In in the book of Romans, I think he might have said it um, in in either chapters 1 or 2, or maybe he says it later on in the book of Romans. I'm getting confused between my study, um, or between the podcast last week and where I'm at, my personal study. So sorry if, if sometimes I reference something that we haven't read yet. But what I love is when Paul talks about circumcision... And he talks about the benefit of circumcision. He says, what is the benefit of circumcision then? If we're saying that we don't have to live by Jewish law because we're, we are justified through faith, which is what he's talking about here, he says, then what benefit is circumcision? And he says right there, he says, much in every way. Um, of course, he's talking about being a Jew and circumcision there, but he says it multiple times throughout the book of Romans. He says, what's the benefit of circumcision then? And he says, much in every way because circumcision, the act of circumcision, still profits. But if you're resting solely on your pathway into heaven, being on the fact that you showed faithfulness through circumcision, then it profits you nothing, is what Paul is saying. Um, But he says, "...much in every way, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God." An oracle is a revelation. Um, The oracles of God are revelations. The word oracle means priest or priestess, a religious priest or priestess. So basically what he's saying there is is he's saying as a Jew your benefit or your advantage was the fact that you were given the oracles of God you were given the revelations of God and you guys were the priest of God because of the revelations given to you, you guys became the priest of the revelations that was their advantage verse 3 for what if some did not believe shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect he's saying listen he's saying he's asking a question a very pointed question he's saying Does my unbelief or does your unbelief as a Jew make God's faithfulness to us without effect? He's saying, Does that make it pointless? Does that mean that God's not going to be faithful to us because I disbelieve? But in verse 4, he says, God forbid. Yeah, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. He's making an absolute reference straight to uh, the book of Psalms. He's, He's referencing. Um, Psalms chapter 51 and verse 4 Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest What's he saying? He's saying Does does my unbelief mean that God's not going to be faithful to me? No, he says let every man be a a liar let every man be a sinner let every man do whatever he wants but God is still going to be true and the reason that God is still going to be true, even though every man is a liar, is because that makes God justified when God then judges us. Um, verse five. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. He's saying I'm making. A, he said I'm making a human argument there. He says the argument here is. If my unrighteousness if me being right unrighteous then essentially shows the righteousness of God then is God unrighteous to take vengeance in me even though my righteous my unrighteousness shows his righteousness he says but no that's a human argument verse 6 God forbid for then how shall God judge the world he says listen he says if that if that is what then um, uh, determines whether or not God is allowed to judge me? If you're saying that because of my unrighteousness, He is then made righteous, and so then that therefore isn't He unrighteous by judging me? Basically, He's benefiting from my sin. So then, therefore, wouldn't Him judging me for my sin therefore make Him unrighteous in a way as well? He say no, because then how could He judge the world? God is perfect. God's the perfect judger. I actually found this, um, doing one of these commentaries. And I thought it was such an interesting saying. I really liked it. Um, and, and it really spoke to me here. Um, so I wrote it down. Um, uh, Paul answers with no, the thought that the gospel of grace implies a license to sin is destroyed by Paul. Paul's saying that, that, um, the message of grace doesn't give you a license to sin, essentially. Um, because God is perfect, and through that perfectness, God is then able to judge the world. Uh, but listen, let's go on. Let's go on. He says, um, For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? He's saying, If my sin, um, if my lie does more to glorify God, why yet am I judged as a sinner? He's saying, If my lie, if my unrighteousness makes God look more righteous, why am I judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, as and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. Um, what What's happening here is Paul was being accused by some of the Jewish leaders at the time um, who didn't believe in Christ and who believed in the Jewish law. Um, they, were, they were misconstruing the message of Paul and the message of Christ. And they were saying that Paul was saying that you can go ahead and sin um what does he say there he says um for if the truth that god hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory why yet am i also being judged as a as a sinner and not rather as we be slanderously reported uh as some affirm that we say this right here was what they were accusing paul of saying through the message of christ let us do evil that good may come um they were saying that Paul was telling people to go out and sin and go out and do the wrong things because that made God's righteousness appear more righteous. And Paul was saying, no, that's not my message at all. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that God is perfect and God is the perfect judge. And so my sin, whether or not it, 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 it shows God's righteousness or not, is still not okay for me to do. Um, verse 9, what then? Are we better than they no and no wise for we have before proved both jews and gentiles that they are all under sin paul saying that no every single person is under sin jews and gentiles both of us were all under sin for as it is written written there is none righteous no not one there is none that understandeth. there is none that seeketh after god they are all gone out of the way they are together become unprofitable there is none that doeth good no not one Their throat is an open sepulchre, with their tongues they have used used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. He's saying, listen, he's saying, um, every single one of us, Jews and Gentiles, are both under sin. And he goes on to say what both Jews and Gentiles have done that makes them sinners. Uh, He talks about it all the way up to verse 18. Listen to verse 19 though. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. He's saying this is what good the law does. The law shows you what sin is and then it stops your mouth before God. Therefore, meaning that God is able to just God's wrath is justified when He judges you for your sin, because you knew the law, and the law showed you what your sin was, and yet you still did it anyway. He talks about all the way up until verse eighteen that Jews and Gentiles both did the exact same things; they were both sinners, but the Jews knew the law. The Jews know the law word for word because they were given the oracles of God. They were given the Mosaic law and they still chose to sin. And he says, but now your mouth has been shut before God. So now your judgment is justified because you knew you were doing wrong and you did it anyway. Verse 20, I think, right? Yep. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Just what I just said. You with the law... Knowing the law, now have knowledge of the sin that you did, and you still choose to do it anyway. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Listen, he's saying the righteousness of God without the law. So he's moving on. He says, he says, and, and uh, uh, the but now right there in verse 21, but now, they're probably the two most important words in the entire Bible, and I'll tell you why. Romans chapter 3 and verse 21, those first two words, but now, are probably the two most important words in the Bible, and here's why. All the way up to verse 20, he is talking about Mosaic Law. All the way up until verse 20, the entire Bible is talking about Mosaic Law. We're talking about how you have to live under the law in order to get to heaven because there's, there's essentially no other way to get there because God knows you can't be perfect. And so God is just trying to give you the best option to get there, right? But in verse 21, there's a change. He says, but now. Listen to this. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. He's saying, but now you no longer need the law, and God no longer needs the law to get you to heaven. Because listen, and, I, and this is why. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. He's saying, listen, he's saying both the law and the prophets pointed to Christ's birth, death, and resurrection. Both of them did. All throughout the Old Testament there were prophets that prophesied Christ coming to earth and being the atonement for our sins he's saying both the law and the prophets said it and God's righteousness now no longer needs the law in order for you to get to heaven listen verse 22 even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference he's saying the righteousness of God is faith through jesus christ and he's saying that that faith through jesus christ is upon all them that believe for there is no difference what he means by for there is no difference he means there is no discrimination he doesn't care if you're a jew or a gentile to put that in modern terms he doesn't care if you're black white hispanic uh um british american indian he doesn't care there is no difference it has been opened up to all of us god's righteousness is through faith in jesus christ Um, verse 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace grace through the redemption that is in Jesus is in Christ Jesus the switch there and the reason that those two words but now are probably the two most important words in the Bible are because of what verse 24 just said being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus I I am justified freely by his grace what did we say earlier we said that the gospel of grace does not give a license to sin. And that's right. It doesn't. The gospel of grace does not take away the wrongdoing of sin. It still makes sin very prevalent and just as wrong as ever. But the the, the gospel of grace justifies me through Christ Jesus. I am justified through Christ Jesus. Even though it doesn't give me a license to sin. Even though my sin is still very much... Uh, uh, um, Bad and very much so needs to be judged and needs to be atoned for i'm now justified through christ jesus because christ jesus was the atonement and he talks about that um 25 he talks about right here whom god hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of god listen that verse right there is very very important what he's saying is propitiation. That, that is a theological word. It just means an atonement. Christ, in verse 24, I am justified freely through his grace. The gospel of grace doesn't give me a license to sin, but the gospel of grace does justify me through the propitiation, the atonement of my sin. But listen, and, and here is why the law, here is why, here is why we now live through faith and not through the law. It was because whom God hath set forth to be a provocation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, meaning that and through the forbearance of God, meaning that God used the law as a temporary measure to pass over the sins of the Jews in the past, to move past them, to look past them, so that he didn't have to to address them immediately. But listen and that's that's made clear in verse 26 to declare I say at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him who in in Jesus meaning that that the law was used so that God had essentially a little bit of a, a cushion to say okay you're gonna sin sin has been around since the beginning of mankind so, so the Old Testament Jews are going to sin, but God was forbearing. He was going, or, or God was putting those sins in remission. He was forgetting about those past sins until such a time that appropriation and anointment could be made, so that He could then come back, and then hold the hold hold a wrath for those sins. So that He could then hold someone accountable for those sins that He had forgotten about in the past, because He knew that nothing mankind ever did because of our own imperfection. Was ever going to be good enough to atone for those sins? So he made an atonement. He made a provocation, which is Christ Jesus, and then he was able to bring those past sins forward and lay them on the shoulders of Christ Jesus, who was the atonement for those sins. Um. Let's see where are we at. Um, verse twenty-six to declare, I say at this time his righteousness that might that he might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus. Twenty-seven. Where is boasting then? it is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. He's saying this, he's saying. Where is boasting then? It's, it is excluded. The Jews at the time had become, they had a problem. The Jews would constantly boast in the fact that they, that that Tom was able to uphold the, the law better than Danny was. And so, they're their upholding of the law, they would then get in these little scuffles where they would say, oh, I uphold the law better than you do, I uphold the law better than you do, I uphold the law, and they would constantly try to one-up each other, and Paul's saying that this game is null and void now. There's no need to boast anymore because you're boasting in what? You're boasting in the law, the law of works, but the law of faith. We need to be boasting in the law of faith. We need to be going around and telling people, listen, I have faith in Jesus Christ, not by my works, but by the justification by the atonement of my sins through christ jesus listen he says um 28 therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law is he the god of the jews only that question is very important is he not also of the gentiles yes of the gentiles also he's saying he, he, and the reason he says that is because of this he's saying that boasting game that you guys are playing it's done. It it no longer needs to be no, no longer needs to happen because we're no longer boasting in the works of the law, but we're now living in the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. He's saying that your deeds of the law are no longer make you justified. They could never make you justified in the first place. They didn't they 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 were just simply a cushion. They were to get us through to the point that atonement could be made. Quit boasting in that stuff. Because is God the the God of the Jews only? He is not also of the Gentiles. Yes, of the Gentiles only. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. He's saying, and and this right here is very important because of because of the last verse in this chapter. Which the last verse in this chapter? Reading it, man, it opened my eyes just so much. And I want to explain why. Verse 30 scene is one God. It's one God. That's the same God of the Jews as of the Gentiles Which God shall justify the circumcision by faith he's saying if you're circumcised You're gonna be circumcised through your faith in Christ if you chose to follow the law and you did follow the law You're gonna be justified in your faith of the law through Jesus or, or through God but If you're uncircumcised, the Gentile, if you're uncircumcised, you're going to be justified through faith. Your circumcision was by faith. You you got circumcised because you were faithful. If you're uncircumcised, you're going to be justified through faithfulness. You got circumcised because you were faithful. You're justified because you are faithful. Listen to this, verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid... Yeah, we established the law. Listen to that again. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yeah, we established the law. You say, man, that's kind of weird. He spent the entirety of that chapter showing the justification of God's wrath. And the justification of God's wrath is because I have sinned. And because I sinned, God then had to make an atonement for my sin. And because of that atonement, he shows us that the law was just a cushion so God could come back and get our sins later and hold someone accountable for them and that that person accountable was Jesus Christ for the atonement of my sins he says hey now the law's done we no longer need the law and the reason we don't need the law is because of that justification through Christ Jesus the atonement for my sins and he says so why are you living by the law quit boasting that because we're no longer living by works but what does he say there at the end he says but hey we also need to uphold the law You say, no, hold on, why would you argue the entire time that we don't need to uphold the law and then all of a sudden say we need to uphold the law? And here's why. And and I love this. It's because Paul is saying at the end there, he's saying, what does he say? He says, God will justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. He's saying, you don't need to follow the law to get to heaven, but the law has always been a good starting place. The law has always been a good foundation. Today, if you wear mixed linens, if you eat shellfish, if you sleep in the same house with your wife when she's on her period, if you do all these things, you're still gonna get to heaven because you're justified through faith. But he's saying that the grace of justification through faith, the gospel of grace, doesn't give you the license to sin you don't have to uphold every letter of the law anymore in order to get to heaven it's not important it doesn't have to happen but it is important to use the law as a basis for how you live your christian life in order to live as spiritual and as righteous as possible because you're still going to be judged for your sin you still need to live the life of christ of righteousness as close to it as possible and he's saying don't uphold the law so that you can boast in your works but uphold the law so that you can boast in your faith of justification through Christ Jesus atonement for your sins man that's powerful and I love chapter 4 too um, and we're gonna get into it next week what I love about chapter 4 and we're gonna talk about chapter 4 next week is he goes into talking about Abraham and how Abraham was was he starts talking about works and how the works of Abraham was not what credited his righteousness to him, but it was his faith, and it was because, and, and we're not gonna get into it too much because I wanna keep it for next week, but it's because the seal of circumcision was given to Abraham first before the law was handed down, meaning that God, that Abraham showed his righteousness. It was He was counted, he showed his faithfulness, and that was counted to him as righteousness, and, and we're gonna get into that more next week. Um, so i encourage you to do a study on, on chapter four your or, yeah, on chapter four yourself and understand it a little bit better but man chapter three is a great chapter because um, it just goes to show you christ god's righteousness through christ jesus and how christ jesus has justified me um, so i thank you seriously for listening to that study on romans chapter 3 um, and i hope you guys really enjoyed it like i said man if there was something i said that was off top that was off off key and wasn't wasn't really true um and maybe i interpreted it wrong or, or maybe there was something wrong with what i said or how i said it just email me um at towardthemark the three at gmail.com once again that link will be in the bio or follow us at toward underscore the underscore mark 314 on instagram once again that will also be in the bio um, seriously guys thanks for listening again man we're uh god's really using this to, to uh encourage and uplift me and i hope he's using it the same way for you guys um so until next week man thank you